When you tap out, what you're saying is, please don't kill me. When you tap my arm, you're saying, all right, I'm asking you to not murder me. Yeah. Can you please just let me live? Yeah. And I said, yes. I said, yes. Yeah, I it's will. not like it was like points and he no. was challenging no. it. Yeah. Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast, Meet the McCuse Part 2. I'm here with Melissa, Momo. What's up, Mo? Hey, guys. How are you doing? A <laughs> little less nervous this time. Yeah, there's nothing to be nervous about. Mm-hmm. We're just talking. Yeah. It's just me and you and a couple flies on the wall. I know, but you like like public ridicule and stuff, so if I like, mess up, <laughs> would you like... Oh, Mo. <laughs> Mo, I've learned many, many moons ago not to uh, go down that, that trail of publicly ridiculing my wife well that's good you're learning you've taught me well um i got a lot of good feedback on your podcast i think people enjoyed it it's exciting and uh you know i'm racking my brain why would somebody enjoy it so much (laughs) other than than, than (laughs) your you know those sweet soothing tones of your voice and your um your great um intellect of course but people love hearing about you know the backstories yeah and they good. love hearing about like the history and like where we came from and who has a better view of that than you. No one. Been there. Yeah. yeah. So I think in this one, you because we got off the last recording and you were like, damn it, I want to talk about like when you were fighting Gil the Thrill. Yes. And I want to talk about like some of the OGs and I want to do this and that. And you're right. We should do all that. But uh, I'm going to put you in the hot seat first because yeah, I like to watch you squirm. Of course. I was thinking about... Uh, Jiu-jitsu. I was thinking about it the other day, as I do all day, every day. <laughs> One of the students the other day, we were training, and right beforehand, he's like, hey, professor, I got a, I got a weird question for you. And he's like, do you think, he's like, you know how in like the late 70s and the 80s, how karate was this monster of a thing? It was like this cultural phenomenon, and it mm-hmm. just took over the world. And then it got like supplanted by like jiu-jitsu and MMA, and He's like, do you think one day something's going to come along and, you know, jujitsu is going to kind of seem archaic and like silly? Because, look, we try not to be, you know, judgmental of other martial arts, but we call it what it is. There are a lot of martial arts schools where it's like and I'm very vocal about this, where I think everybody should train. And I I send people to karate schools all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the karate school itself needs to be very clear about what they're offering. And I think it's criminal, criminal, if you're convincing a bunch of adults that they can defend themselves when we all know that that's not the truth. Like if it's theater, like if they're prancing and dancing and they're incapable of fighting their way out of a wet paper bag, you convincing them that they're safe is endangering their their lives because they're going to get into a situation and they're in the back of their head. They're like, I'm going to fucking... Double spinning back kick, <laughs> dim mock this guy. He's he's gonna explode. Yeah, he's gonna. I'll probably be facing charges because my hands are lethal weapons. Like these people are walking around thinking this. It's criminal. You know, where were we? <laughs> you were about to ask me a question. <laughs> no, put me so, in the hot seat. so obviously, like the whole McDojo thing happened, and 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 UFC came along and really opened everybody's eyes up to what's bullshit and what's not bullshit. Right, and jujitsu is not bullshit. In fact, some people don't realize this. Like the original UFC was put together by I think Horian Gracie as a way to showcase his family's art. Right? So it was like, here's what we'll do. We'll get all these different, you know, martial arts or like fighting styles and mm-hmm. to show the supremacy of jujitsu. And it worked. And it put jujitsu on the map and it also kinda forced karate back down and other martial arts. And, you know, as Brian, Brian asked me, he's like do you think that's going to happen to jiu-jitsu? I was like, it can't. It can't. Because jiu-jitsu fucking works. And it's like, it's almost perfect. It's almost perfect. And I just can't see something coming along that's more effective and efficient as, as like a fighting style. It's just not going to happen. What's going to really happen is jiu-jitsu will evolve. It'll become sharper. And you're starting to see it now. Like, like judo black belts are jiu-jitsu black belts. And they also wrestled in college. Mm-hmm. And that's like an, a, a beautiful, amazing mix of all these different grappling forms. <clears throat> Let it rip. But <laughs> jujitsu is just going to, it's always going to be there. It can't go away. Dare I say it's perfect. Like it's, it's almost too perfect to be supplanted by something else. 
And then I started thinking, damn, why jujitsu? What is it about jujitsu? Like, it's so hard for me because I'm not, I'm so far removed from like the white belt mindset. And, and even before that, I grew up in the martial arts. So from the outside looking in, it's, it, I don't know what that's like. And I don't know what it's like to be somebody who lived like some of their adult life or most of their life in general, having never been in the martial arts. Like I know how powerful it is, but I'm kind of like, uh, I have blinders on. So I want to ask you, like, what is it about jujitsu? What, what is it about like, like, why is it that when we go to an advanced class and we have 60% of the room or more is blue belts, they're so fucking excited. And like this huge transformation's happening. What, why? For like, for like the uninitiated, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it with the whole, it, it evolves, right? Like, there's always something new you're going to learn. So it's just learn. like intriguing? It's intriguing. It's like you watch, I always tell people, like, it's incredible. You can watch a video and, like, you watch it once and then you, like, remember before you, like, demonstrate the move on me just so you knew how to teach it that night and yeah. you'd only watch it one time and I'm like wait, wait a second. And to your point, like you grew up, your body just moves naturally that way. I know. So I don't know why I know why I love it. Why do you now love it? Yeah. Because for me, that's like such a challenge. I'm like, Whoa, like, how am I gonna, like, I'll watch you. And then I always say, when you do that clap on three, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being like hypnotized and like clap. And then I forget everything you just showed me. Gone. But then you get to try it out with your partner and it looks like cool as shit when you're doing it. And then when you hit it, you're like, hell yeah. You feel like, like, you feel like a ninja, right? You feel like on top of the world a little bit. So, and I think it's like that's what keeps someone coming yeah, back. Yeah, so you're saying it's like, you know, it's hard, it's challenging, and then when you actually accomplish something, it's it's really rewarding, right? Like it's a satis satisfying feeling. It's got to be more than that. It's more than that. Okay, so you used an example one time, like karate, like a family party. Someone's like, you know, raising their, what's that one? Like a... The crane kick. The crane dude. kick. What do you mean? My bad, my bad. If All right, you, I can... If it executed properly, there is no defense, Melissa. All right, listen. There is no defense. Okay, but what I'm saying, like, all right, it looks cool to show someone. To a karate someone. kid, too, and the guy blocks it and then, and then knocks him out. He better start doing jiu-jitsu. So he does, like, the kick, you know, someone should show me a move from karate and, like, hiya, hiya, you know? Everyone does that. Oh, you do jiu-jitsu? And they put their hands up like they're going to, like, karate chop me. And then you shoot a blast double. Yeah, and that's my bar. point, right? Like, but then when you actually like show them like a jujitsu move, it's so effective. Yeah, it's something I t I tell the parents, right? Like, oh, a, most of the time I get the question, "What is the difference between karate and jujitsu?" Mm -hmm. And right? what do you say? And I say I actually <laughs> would equate jujitsu more so to wrestling. Like, get karate out of your head. Yeah. Right. The three key points I say that I say it's like. It's designed for the smaller opponent to be able to have control. Mm -hmm. You you the, learn cool like you know what helped me chokes and stuff. The best way to do it when somebody's like difference between karate and jujitsu, <clears throat> you could say whatever you want about jujitsu because I we I don't think we codified it well enough yet. But karate is punch kick block. Right. That's it. You say karate is punch kick block, and then jujitsu you could say what grappling, wrestling, submissions. Right, but back to your point, like why do I think it's so intriguing for everyone? Because you always say, and this is just me regurgitating years and years of what you said, but you can practice jujitsu at 100%, and yeah. I think that is the most important thing. 100%, yeah, that is. And uh, I had an interesting argument, you could say, with my uncle one time, because... <clears throat> You know, he does, he's been doing jujitsu since I was, shit, like 12 or 13 years yeah. old. So he's like an OG. Like, he he stayed at, like, Hoyler's apartment. He, you know, he was in Brazil in, like, 94, 95. Um, he's been a brown belt for 20 years because he refuses to put on the, the black belt. <laughs> um, he's going to be so pissed when he dies. I'm going to give him a black belt posthumously, <laughs> and he's going to come back from the dead just to, to take it off. But we were arguing about... I forget it. it just probably came up like you know organically in conversation like i wasn't attacking any other martial arts but i was i was talking about the effectiveness of jujitsu and how like it's just so way head and shoulders above other martial arts striking martial arts like karate taekwondo in terms of effectiveness and i was like if you go into i said something along the lines of you go into a, a jujitsu academy you pull out like four random black black belts mm -hmm. and you go into any like karate academy and you pull out four random black belts and you have them fight yeah 
How do you think that's going to shake out? Right. Like you do a thought experiment. Think of like four of our black belts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I got you. Yep. Think of like Al Brandon. Think of a school Tony. somewhere in that direction, a karate school. Mm-hmm. Right. And when like somebody we like you've seen like on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And think of four of those black belts. No. This is what I like. I'm thinking in my head. But my uncle's like, no, idiot. Here's the thing about jujitsu. It's and I'm saying like it's so complex and it's so like difficult. And he's like, stop. It's actually the opposite. Jiu-jitsu is so effective because it's so easy. Karate is so hard. And he's got a good point because he's been around for a long time. So you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I am, yeah. But you got to think, in the in the 80s and, and early 90s, the guys at the top of the heap in like karate and taekwondo would kick your fucking head off of you, clean off your shoulders. Right. They'd punch you in your chest and you would just have to lay down for an hour. Um, they were like the best of the best. And in... Good movie, by the way. And what he was saying is the problem is like to get over the hump in karate is so fucking hard. Mm -hmm. Like it takes like a lifetime of practice to be able to throw like this perfect punch. But you can get any idiot in a gi and teach him how to do an arm bar. And in a week, he's a badass. All right. Right. So to that point, though, like in karate, like the belt progression is so quick. Right. So like that's that's a relatively new thing. Well, that's my point. So, like, you're getting these kids who have black belts in totally karate. Totally different. Yeah, I get it. Like, that's Wait a, a second. totally different argument. Oh, okay. Totally but, different But argument. I guess to my point saying, like, you're talking about one thing, like an old school karate, like, you know, like legitimate. Time. Right. Yeah. So what do you think has changed that? <laughs> like, why now are kids getting a black belt in three yeah. years? Like, or why is it less serious or something or less, like... I don't know, difficult. I don't know what the that, word it is. Happened, that's what happens with everything. Look at anything in the world. The, like the, the bigger it gets, it, it tends to get watered down. I Look, I could go on for hours about my thoughts on how the McDojo phenomenon happened, but it started with the movie Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Karate Kid comes out in 1984, and then people are flocking to karate schools. Everybody wants to be Danielson. Everybody wants to be a black belt. So there's an explosion of like recreational karate, mm. you know, and it kind of made it like an industry. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's indicative of capitalism. Like, like the definition of capitalism is how can we produce more for less? How can we produce more, you know, widgets for less money? And that's, you know, until it's not replicable anymore, until like the company collapses. That's so how it works. I have a question that was karate like jujitsu like in jujitsu you can't get like a black belt until you're 18 no. was there ever rule no I don't know I don't oh, know okay. I don't think so yeah, dude I gotta tell you like if you talk to Tony like if I could ever convince Tony <laughs> to come on the fucking podcast like he'll tell you like his black belt test for was it Shotokan or Kyokushin I forget if he did Kyokushin or Shotokan and that just means different styles. Yeah, of but legit, like seriously, legit stuff. Like you know, Tiger Shulman, he was a Kyokushin yeah. guy. Like if you guys want to see some shit, like we everybody likes to to scoff at karate schools, and you know, Tiger Shulman became like an MMA school over the last like decade. But you could see some clips of Tiger Shulman, like you know, short little Jewish guy with a big Jewish afro. Mm-hmm doing like wheel kicks in Kyokushin tournaments and knocking people out cold. Bad ass dude, like legit. Um, You know, but you go to a karate tournament today, it's like, you know, everybody's bouncing around their toes and like, it's just not the same thing. So like if I, if we go to sign the girls up at a karate But anyway, like Tony's black belt test, I think he got knocked out. Oh no, no, he was participating in another guy's black belt test. So I think it must've been Kyokushin because you have to fight like a hundred guys or something. He got spar like a hundred guys, like a minute each, and uh, yeah, he got knocked out cold. Tony did. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So like you know, there still are like like little pockets and like bastions of legitimacy. Look at Dave Kovar, like one of the most yeah. dangerous men on the fucking yeah. planet. Also one of the nicest guys in the world. It's just uh, when you're dealing with that size, that many numbers, it's just like how many schools like elementary schools in the country are terrible. And that's governed by like the, our government for better or for worse. Anyway, like we could dissect why the McDojo thing happened. It's just, it's really, really difficult to happen in jujitsu. But I think it goes back to your original question, like why, like that white belt mindset, right? Or like, why do I want to keep coming back? 
and I think it's it's more of a challenge because that progression's a little bit longer too than like say karate maybe I mean I never did karate but you know it makes you want to work hard and I there's so much to learn in jiu-jitsu yeah but to me from from my normal experience in life the people I interact with people don't like things like that in in most of your life you spend most of your life avoiding difficulty and finding comfort and not putting yourself in a position to look stupid mm. then why like you're not i want you to go a little bit deeper because yeah. i mean maybe after you're my, already you want to hear my in? thoughts like watching you yeah it's you do you do respond well to the challenge you really do find like the um the achievement aspect of it appealing because you're fucking hyper competitive but I think that only works because there's like a certain environment and structure mm -hmm. in which you're operating. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for you, I think, I could be wrong. Obviously, you haven't put too much thought into this, which you don't have to. Is the th Like, <laughs> I literally, this is my job. I think about this shit all day. You yeah. think about risk management. Um, you probably don't think about it too much. Not that much. Yeah. But uh, imagine if the school didn't have the people in it that it does. Imagine if like, the atmosphere of how I run my classes wasn't that way. You know, like it's rigid, but it's, we fuck around. Like yeah. I make jokes, but I also like publicly ridicule. Yeah. Like it's, you got to walk this fine line, but I kind of let some people mm -hmm. dance back and forth, like Professor Al, you know, and like Lingasso, like some people I, I let slide, but we do it very calculated. It's a very dynamic at atmosphere. Yeah. That, I think you find that very appealing. You were like the cool kid in high school. You know, cool? you were like the the head cheerleader. You said <laughs> you, not look, the head you cheerleader. said you told me that you were never a cheerleader, like you were the sports girl, but you do all these cheers. I mean, like, you know, you watch. So you can make fun of them. It's like in <laughs> no, the other guys when no. when Mark Wahlberg does like a perfect like pirouette. He's like, how can you dance like that? He's like, we learned how to dance to make fun of the gay guys who, who did ballet. <laughs> no. He's like, well, that's a strange reason to learn. No, I really was into gymnastics. And then my parents made me pick gymnastics or basketball. So naturally I picked basketball. So I still just always wanted to like flip and tumble. So I would I would do the rec cheer. So you were, they would always you were tumble. a cheerleader. Did you own pom-poms? I, mean, I dabbled in it. Yeah, I did. And You're I had a cheerleader. Uniform. I mean, but like not on an organized team. You were in somebody's backyard? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You're a cheerleader. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not saying there's a cheer. Sorry, but very did difficult. you watch Netflix, that Navarro thing? Those yeah. chicks are badass. Chicks and dudes are I mean, badass. And demented. I mean, De yeah, demented. for sure. But like, Broken that's inside. probably one of the hardest damn things. Hyper competitive. Whoa, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not bashing cheer by any means. I'm just saying. I was imagine imagine doing like a jujitsu tournament and you have to smile the whole time. No. no. You'd be like little Timmy McGeady. <laughs> just happy to be so here. I'm like, cute, dude, you're yeah. getting smashed. He's like, I know. It's great. <laughs> A lot of the kids are Jim Dickinson. Oh God, Jim! His Smiling face the whole is purple. Time. I'm like, Jim, are you going to tap or die? I Dude, Jimbo's a, the, a prime example of like being the a thermostat and not a thermometer. What does that mean? Yeah. So we were talking about this in like our staff meeting on Sunday. Uh, like, what does a thermometer do? It tells you the temperature. Mm -hmm. What does a thermostat do? Controls it sets it. the temperature. Yeah. So a guy like Jim Dickinson walks in the room, that big stupid smile on his face. I love it. And everybody just kind of perks up a little bit. Like me, especially teaching a noon class, like, you know, sometimes like I just, you know, I got to run out to get the girls or like, it's just hectic sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or like, you know, sometimes I'd rather be training. Yeah. And, you know, I'm teaching the class and Jim walks in with that big stupid smile and like I show an arm bar and he's my uki. And he gets up and like we bow and slap hands as you always do with the Uki. And he's just so fucking happy. <laughs> I'm giggling. I'm like, why are you so happy right now? And I say it out loud. I'm like, Jim, why are you smiling right now? He's like, yeah, it's just no, it's cool. Just happy to be he's here. like, it's just cool. I, just, I like it. Yeah, that rubs off on you, man. That's contagious. Well, and it's it is a good point because there's like I walk in, I see Al, you know, and most of the time we're like busting each other's chops, but it just it changes like the mood, and that is you, you're right. You're, I haven't put a lot of thought in it because I was thinking more like a very like what jujitsu does, but that is probably the biggest thing. You know, like you said, like being on an organized team, like you had that team camaraderie. You had like pasta nights at your friend's house, uh, you know, at the teammate's yeah, you got, house. You got a carbo you load. Car <laughs> which let's, was let's probably not the best Let's eat 3,500 calories and penne alfredo to get ready for this big game tomorrow. 
Right. The fuck it. Who came up with that? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, it's like that team camaraderie. And, and, and that is exactly what we have at the school. It's the tribe. Yeah. You know. And you find that appealing? I do. I do. Even like with your training partner. I mean, Jen, Jen, well, there's like 800 Jens at the school. Anytime I'm training with any of the Jens and we're rolling and like you hit a move, we, we watch you and, and we look anytime. I, I see it across the whole entire class, right? Everyone looks at each other like, oh man, did you get that? Because I have no idea what he just did, right? And then you get with your partner and you do the move and you're like, you almost want to like smack the mat. Like, it feels real yeah. good. The thing is, so, all right, I'll show the move and I'll look around the room and I'll be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I can tell by your faces, nobody got, it's, it's over your head. I'll give you guys a shot. All right, guys, on three, one, two, three, you clap. Mm-hmm. And then I'll look around, I'll watch everybody, I'll give you like 30 seconds. Usually what I found is between the two of you, you, you guys, every, and this when I say you, I mean the entire class, right, you right. guys can piece it together. Mm-hmm. And even if both of you can't piece it together, the group next to you is, and you watch, and then you'll start to get it. I, I do it that way. But if I look around, I see the same mistake in like five groups. Freeze. Yeah, you do. And everybody's like, God yeah. damn it, Ross. Which sometimes <laughs> Ross. it is him, oftentimes it's not. And then I'll show it again. And it's usually the same mistakes. Yeah, and then when you hit it in like a live training, like in Randori, oh, yeah. then you feel like you're like on top of the world. You're like, okay, so I'm not like an idiot. No. I can do this. I got to tell you, lately, as of late, I don't know if it's just the material material itself, like the techniques themselves, but they're pretty fucking advanced. Yeah. Especially what like we those like. Those leg locks yeah. and stuff, yeah. They're pretty intricate. I don't know if it's just the technique works so goddamn well or we are teaching like i'm teaching a little bit differently like i'm mm-hmm. i think conceptually like i'm doing a little bit of a better job like every time out i get a little bit better but people are hitting shit live like that class almost every single day yeah and that used to be pretty rare it used to be like on a monday tuesday wednesday just drilling it was going to be tough and then by saturday you know like the upper echelon guys will start hitting it but lately it's like all right guys we're going to start from like delhi guard slap hands and go and everybody like inverts into like the honey hole yeah it's awesome it's really cool Mm -hmm. it's got to feel good for everybody it it does i mean even just basic stuff it's funny when you know the like jen looked at me the other day like you know this like looking at me like i'm a purple belt like i'm supposed to know yeah this is the first time i've ever seen this and that's what i think is cool about it too because i don't it's never ending for you Oh, dude, you got to think. A lot of what I'm teaching you guys right now, I'm learning it. Yeah. A lot. Look, probably more than you realize. When I demonstrate that move, it's the first time I'm ever doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I had just seen Luke do it or I had seen like somebody do it in competition on Instagram and I'm like piecing it all together. Luckily, when you have the tools, like when you have all the Legos, you can build the fucking Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Right. That was for all the dorks, all the nerds. <laughs> nerds um but if i didn't have the legos like you know how how do you make the millennium falcon that's fucking impossible so i'm at the point now after 15 years where i could just watch somebody roll and i'll be like do that one more time like Mm -hmm. that thing tyler was doing the other Mm day oh yeah yeah that was nuts it's crazy this kid's so talented but i'm like do that again and you know i watch it twice and i got it it's just it's in there now Mm -hmm. it's fun but something we kick around all the time in jujitsu and you know everywhere in life a rising tide lifts all boats or a rising tide lifts all ships however you want to say it and uh i don't think it's ever been more obvious than right now right now so we have 60 people taking class on a monday and a wednesday and you got to think out of 60 people what 40 45 are blue belts mm-hmm. and out of 45 blue belts maybe 20 25 of them have like no stripes or maybe a stripe. Yeah. So they're they're pretty new Fairly into being new. a blue belt. But still, but still, but still, after a week of training with these really complex techniques, they're so much more capable than they would have been if it was just a blue belt class. So like that idea of a rising tide lifts all boats, it's like Ricardo touched on it when he was doing his seminar. He was like, I know you guys are not going to remember all this shit, but you don't, he doesn't say that, he doesn't really curse. Mm-hmm. He does, just not in front of everybody. Yeah. He's like, you don't all have to remember this. He's like, a few of you guys are going to remember the first one. A couple of you guys are going to remember the second one. You know, maybe one of you guys remembers the third one. And then you guys just share. You share it. But you, it's not like you meet up on Sunday and you share, which you could do. But really, it disseminates slowly throughout the, the entire academy. 
You know, it's pretty obvious when, like, somebody get, like, Al started getting really good at, like, a certain leg lock. Then, like, he'll start doing it, and I'll watch him, and I'll ask him, and I'll start doing it. And I'll start hitting, like, Rich with it, and I'll hit Tony with it, and then they'll start doing it. And then Tony will start doing it to the blue belts in the noon class, and then battle will start, and then it disseminates. Yeah. It cool. spreads kind of like, almost like an infectious disease. <laughs> I knew it was going. <laughs> I wish I could think of an example of like an infectious disease. How would that spread? Like imagine, imagine there's like a respiratory illness, all right, that originated like overseas. I'm just kidding. We could stop that there. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's how techniques and skill disseminate across the mat. Yeah, it doesn't happen. It doesn't necessarily happen like in a teaching setting. Some people will will learn like that. Some people will learn at open mat. Some people will have to watch like the YouTube video when they go home. But most people, most people are going to start to understand it just through the natural course of training. Yeah. Which and is when cool. you keep getting hit by like five That's times the thing. in a row. And That's like, the thing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. When you start realizing like where you're, you're vulnerable and where the pain is, that's how you can start understanding the finishing mechanics, the breaking mechanics. Yeah. As uh, Danaher would say. Um. There's a lot of ways we could go with this, but I, I still want to get like an outside and I'm saying outside, but you're just more outside than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so my original student creed when I was a little kid, when I was like seven years old, I had to memorize this. And my uncle, you think I'm a, a bastard on the mat? My uncle was awful. He was terrible but to strict. us. Oh God, strict is not the word. <laughs> yeah. And like the public ridicule and like the punishment and just, you know. It was awful. It was terrible. And I loved it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm seven years old. He sends me home this paper and we all have to memorize it like in a week. And of course, he makes you recite it the next week. And if you don't do it, you got to do like a fucking horse stance for 20 minutes while he talks incessantly. So now you know where I get it from. Um, but it was this. I intend to develop myself in a positive manner and to avoid anything that would reduce my mental growth or my physical health. I intend to develop self-discipline in order to bring out the best of myself and others. I intend to use the skills I've learned in class constructively and defensively uh, to help myself and others and never to be abusive or offensive. Yeah, you're fucking seven years old. It was, ger- it was German to me. I, I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't know what any of this means. But now, like, looking back, you know, it's pretty perfect. It's pretty perfect. I, I intend to develop myself in a positive manner to avoid anything that would reduce my mental growth and my physical health. What does that mean? I want to aim up. Like, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be better. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you didn't touch on this one time because you're still thinking very pragmatically, like, what is jujitsu doing for me? And like, why jujitsu? And you're, you're probably doing this. You're doing a snapshot of yourself training. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the way your brain has been developed your whole life is like, you pick out your wins and it's like, I'm getting pretty good and that's rewarding and I like it and it's a challenge. But also think about all the other fucking things you're doing in your life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things, like it's a better, when I'm doing jujitsu and, and that it's I'm bettering myself and then I'm a better mom, I'm a better person, I'm a better wife. You're way, way, way happier when you're training. For sure. Way happier. Way happy. We just were talking about this, right? Like, you set goals and you, you it's so annoying because you like you really like small or large you accomplish them all i'm not a really good goal setter but recently we've been doing things right like the no sugar for a week mm-hmm. training like three four times a week and i never held up my end of the bargain in those right like i was just like eh, these brownies look really good or yeah oh. well i think the problem when you're trying to set a goal you don't have the same like you need like a pain point yeah. It's got to be so crystal clear and concrete. You need a pain point. Yeah. And I don't do well with like a hiccup in the room. Like, ah, then I'll just do it next week. That's super, super common. Yeah. But, you know, like, but I, but my point being is that when I'm training, those things are so much easier for me. Mm-hmm. Like to be able to handle like the hiccups or be able to like make better decisions be a better person, you know. I yeah, think you have it's momentum. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you become more capable. I uh, so we went on the, a walk this morning, and we're coming down the hill, and I'm like, "Is that a cat with no tail?" And your first fucking reaction is is what? Let's cross the street. Let me jump on the other side of you. I'm like, 
if that's a cat, it's obviously not doing so well. And secondly, it weighs six pounds. I'm like, you're a purple belt. All right, listen, let's caveat that. I got attacked by a dog, and now I just have like You got attacked a by a by like a 60-pound dog. You didn't get attacked by a six-pound It doesn't matter. It's that like fear of cat. something chasing after me. But anyway. Scared of birds. <laughs> I mean, birds like fly at your head. Uh, Scared of bugs. Squirrels. 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 And anything else that moves. But uh, one thing I want... I want you to realize is how fucking capable you are. Yeah. You're so capable. Like I was talking to Matakis about this. We went on a hike a couple of weeks ago and uh, you know, I was talking about you and how proud of you I am with like you earning your purple belt and how you did it the right way. Meaning I easily could have given it to you in like November, but I, I know what you're capable of and I held you to the fire. More importantly, you held yourself to the fire and you earned it and you're a legitimate purple belt. And then like you're scared of a squirrel. <laughs> I mean, do they really train? No, and then I'm laughing with Matakis because you're like, the way you're picking through your food, you're like, this one doesn't look really good, and you're hyper picky with your food. But then in the same, like at the same time, if if the apocalypse, apocalypse hits and like the grid goes down, like you'd be the first one to eat like a pile of dead leaves so like, you know, the girls can have, yeah, you know, like candy canes. I was laughing right. with Chris. I'm like, I'd have to kill somebody and steal their generator. <laughs> And then I have to kill somebody else and, and like steal like their extension cord and microwave <laughs> so I can make in an, an air fryer so I can make chicken nuggets for the girls. Otherwise, they're going to starve to death. They're just going to die. <laughs> but anyway, the truth. I know for a fact that you would do that. I know for a fact you would be able to do that. I know that I'd be able to. Like I know if we didn't have heat in the house, I'd be fucking fine. How do I know that? Because for the coldest part of the year, I take cold showers. I know that if it was 130 degrees out, I'd be able to walk through the desert and find water for my girls. Why? Because I sauna every night at 220 degrees. Like I live all these weird scarcity kind of things on purpose. But also I know that if the shit hit the fan or as Pete Langesla says, the fit hit the shan, <laughs> you would be able to do all these things. Yeah, I'm better in the moment. Totally, totally <laughs> capable. Like yeah, yeah. good example is like when when the girls were babies. If anything bad ever happened, you'd be able to do handle anything. You'd stand up in the in the hospital with like whoever on your chest for hours and hours and yeah. hours. You'd stay awake for like seventy two hours straight to comfort whoever needed it. You could do all these things. Yeah, why are you scared of a fucking squirrel? Well, first of all, I mean, squirrels are creepy. They they're got, creepy, they this, and like they hide under my like car. They and then don't. What if they like run? <laughs> okay, all right. All right. I mean, let me ask you this: Let's say they do run out, and uh, there is a squirrel with like a death wish, and he attacks you. Do you realize, that, like, a squirrel? Like, pick this little plastic thing up. That's a squirrel. <laughs> All right, you know I like to think of every possible scenario. That's why I work in risk management, uh -huh. right? So I don't know that my job actually helps my whole like what's gonna happen because so I think you of see everything a squirrel that goes wrong. And your brain immediately is like bite rabies gets done. my neck, <laughs> yes. jugular, goes right for the jugular, fucking jugular. jugular. And and then my my husband has no wife, my kids have no mom yeah. just because of this fucking squirrel. So Naturally. we might as well cross the street. <laughs> And just avoid it altogether. So I'm saying all this not to pick on you, but I want to point out, like, one of the things that I see for jujitsu is when when somebody really opens up and comes out of their shell and brightens up and dives headfirst into jujitsu, they start to realize how capable they are. Mm -hmm. Like, they're doing shit they've never done in their life. You're a different story because you were such an accomplished, like, field hockey player. So athletically, you've done things just as difficult. But... This is like a combat sport. You're an adult, and life is is the modern society is designed to make you it's seek like out comfort. Yeah. yeah, like you, like hey, just chill, just watch this movie. Mm -hmm. You know, watch, yeah. scroll, just scroll. Look, we, there's this new thing that like it'll do this for you. You don't have to do it anymore. And yeah. everything is good. And then how does somebody feel when they acquiesce to that lifestyle? They feel like shit. They're yeah. fucking miserable. So like one of the things I want is I want people to stop be able to articulate what jujitsu is doing for them and really realize how fucking capable you are. That's a big one for me. Yeah, I mean, and you're put on spot. Let me tell everyone we had no prep. He just says, we're just going to talk. No, so I don't like, like prep if it. you gave me like an essay and I had to like explain, yeah, I'd probably hit all of those points, It'd probably right? be bullshit though. I don't, you I don't think? like, yeah, the canned response is, is usually just not good. Maybe I'm just not doing the, a Especially, good job articulating it. 
I mean, you see it, right? Like, so you're, you're saying, like, how capable I am. Hell yeah. I mean, like, jujitsu's hard, especially Randori. Believe me, I've dodged rounds. I'm like, oh, I got to get the girls, <laughs> like, yeah. the skin in the room. Like, I'll get my ass beat. I like don't Larry, feel like Larry it. would say, I got to go home and wash my hair. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. I, I'm, I'll be the first one to say I'm guilty of it. Like, oh, I, I just I don't, just don't feel like getting my ass beat tonight. And then the nights I stay and get my ass beat. Mm-hmm. Or the bet. I mean, how excited you're proud, am you're, I? You get so proud of yourself, and I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it's like when you when you accept the beating. But it's like the fear of going into it. It just ah, as you're talking about, like go. the capability. I know I could survive like at least 72 hours of the zombie <laughs> apocalypse, right? But Dude, like, you know, am what, I gonna you know what got me, Mom? You know no. how I realized I, was, I really had my fucking hands full. If if the grid ever goes down, <laughs> I was watching you make rice the other day on the stovetop. <laughs> And you know you got to put a cup of water in there, and you filled up the cup of water from the filter of water in the fridge. And I was like, "Oh, Listen, I'm fucked." In okay. My defense. Like me and Al, I was like, "I'd survive." He's like, "I'm gonna die because of these two. He points a cookie <laughs> and an Aria. <laughs> cookie girl, we'll hang out. Dude, I'm out here. I'm learning how to bow hunt. I got like a gun permit. I'm I'm terrified of guns. First of all, I'm a way better shooter than you. Let's just go on the record okay. saying that. All right. Okay. Well, let's hope that you don't die of dehydration in the first three days because you didn't want to right, drink. Listen, I wasn't even paying attention that I did that. And you called me out and I said, I definitely would have filled it from the false. Totally. I wasn't paying attention. Totally. <laughs> so, all right. All right, the in-house tournament. Let's talk hold about on, hold that. On, hold on, hold on. We're getting there right now. So we're talking about uh, me shaving my head. And we're, I was talking to you about Seneca. And one of his things is... Mm. Uh, is this the condition I so feared? And and before that, everybody knows I was listening to that David Sinclair. He's the longevity guy from Harvard. He's got this um, podcast called uh, Lifespan. And pretty much it boils down to the more you can trick your body into thinking there's scarcity, the longer you'll live because your body is like equipped to like get back to homeostasis, right? And to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. So like there's all these like uh, genetic pathways that open up when you when you fast. There's these genetic pathways that open up when you're in extreme cold, extreme heat, extreme exercise, all these things. So what do I do? I design my life to be as difficult as possible because abundance does the opposite. Like when you eat too much, mm -hmm. when you sit around too much, yep. when you're never cold, when you're never hot, right? Not naming names. But your body. I cold water on my face. You do, and you count. To, you're like one, three, two, three, and you're so proud of yourself. I am. Um, but dude, that's a big step in the right direction for you. So it's all about embracing discomfort, and it's cool because science is now articulating why all these stupid cliches are so true and so powerful. Like, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Why? Because the more you're uncomfortable, you're gonna fucking live longer. Yeah. You're not gonna get Alzheimer's disease. Your body's gonna fight off cancerous cells, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And what's the other side of being comfortable being uncomfortable? You don't need all the bullshit and the bells and the whistles. And then if you live that type of a lifestyle, you cut away even more bullshit and you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't try to fill your head with lies. You know where you stand and you start to let go of some bullshit. So I'm shaving my head tomorrow. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> which I, 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 it's for a good cause. It's for the best cause. This is the best cause it possibly can. Let's also go on the record saying you had more of a problem with it than I did in the beginning. Well, I was very happy with it until I, I shaved my head. You got you took the girls to soccer. Oh my god! Yes. Right? Yes. I I close up the school. I cleaned up all the hair. What was left? And I go to meet you guys at soccer. And I I take off my hat and Avery fucking runs and hides behind Pop Pop. Yep, yep she did. And oh, I go Avery. I go oh shit. I come home, I come home, and Avery makes me put my hat on. I'm like, fuck, here we go. For like a week when you put her down for bed. So I go to put her down, and she makes me put on my hat to mm -hmm. put her to sleep. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's the kindest, sweetest, most loving. She's my Gosh, fucking she's best friend. Soul. She's my biggest fan. She really She's is. my biggest supporter. And even now, she's like, you could shave your head, Dad, and she gives me a thumbs up. She's yeah. like, I'll, I'll get used to it. Yeah. And then I knew that was really fucked up because a week after I shaved it, she would like rub my cheek and go, I like your hair, daddy. I like it. She was lying. Yeah, she was <laughs> Clearly. lying. That's how kind she is. But yeah. 
just my daughter, my three-year-old having to lie to me about my hair being okay really shook me up. It was really funny. And you know what really got me? I'm teaching class. It's like Nogi Saturday. And I'm walking around the room and Al's in the corner. And he goes, what are we going to do about this? And I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, he's like, yo. He's like, now that you're not handsome Pete anymore, that jujitsu better be fire. And I was like, fuck. I, I do have to work that. on my jujitsu, I guess. Yeah, but now you have all those leg lock entries and doing. Really yeah, good. dude, my jujitsu is fire, but let's see. Listen, it'll grow back. Will it? Will it? I mean, I a little think bit. It did the last time. A little bit. Yeah, we'll see. Look, look, it's good. it's for a good cause. It's for a good cause. Everybody loves to. This Which, is the one time of year they get to take a stab at Professor Pete. But wait, but how awesome is that though? Like. Talk about our tribe and like the extended, right? I mean, how much? Mo- what are we at now? We're at like twelve thousand dollars. That's insane! Like, just thanks to everyone who's contributing. That really like just shows how strong our tribe is. It's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's a powerful thing. And and the funny thing is, last year we got to like eight. We're at eleven two. We got up to eight. That's why this year I was like, let's just, you know, a crazy number is 10,000. Yeah. And I'll, all right, I'll do it too <laughs> at 10,000. And then, of course, we fucking blow by in like three days. It's awesome. We didn't market this one. Yeah. Nah, it's really cool, though. It's really cool. And we didn't have to pull at people's heartstrings. But let's stop for a second and think why we're doing this. So, like, as a tribe, we came up with like 12 grand. And we still got a day. Like, we'll probably raise a little bit more. And where is it going? Where's it going? To one of like the best. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, I get the email. Like I'm, I'm like the correspondent with these people, and I, I get the emails, and you know, I know why they're doing it, but I kind of want to unsubscribe because I get like patient spotlights, mm-hmm. and it just fucking wrenches my heart. It yep. just wrenches my heart right out of my chest. Like these kids, what they're dealing with. So it's like I could. This is where I, I want to just strangle somebody. It's like we're gonna send eight hundred million dollars. Or like a billion dollars to Europe to help with like the refugees of Ukraine. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Why can't we spend all this money on childhood cancer research? Yeah. Like give these it's kids every fucking right? like I I give to St. Jude's every month because they're you know they're a cancer hospital for children and they don't none of the kids there pay mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So that you know that's the other charity I like. Why the fuck would a kid have to pay for cancer treatment? It's bizarre. I know. It's bizarre. Why would a kid even get cancer? That's just like, fuck up. that. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad that we got to do this. Yeah. So, on a lighter note, what are we doing tomorrow before we shave my head and sever my relationship with my daughters? <laughs> it's one of my favorite events, the in-house kids tournament. Oh, man. This one's going to be crazy. We have like 110 kids competing. Do you know what you had last year? I don't, but if I were to guess, it was probably like 70, 65. Okay, so more than half here. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a, a lot of kids. It is one of my favorite events, though. Yeah. Because you see, like, it's it's good for the kids who aren't fully ready to go out to, like, a Naga or something like that, but want to kind of showcase, you know, what they've been learning. They go hard. They do. I love watching well, it's, it. Well, it's really cool, too, because you got to think, as an instructor and especially as a school owner, we're trying to create this environment where kids can come back and they feel safe. Yep. They don't get the anxiety. Like adults get anxiety. Like I know a lot of adults who sit in a fucking car for 20 minutes before they even come into class. What we do is very challenging. And I want the environment for the kids to be welcoming and friendly, but still effective. Like I, they need to learn how to fight. Yeah. We can't get away from that. Like these kids, I'm trying to teach them how to fucking fight. They got to be able to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And then all the benefits that come with that confidence and, you know, like compassion. But let me just pause for a second. Yeah. Like you are facilitating that shoot over a hundred kids sign yeah. up for this. So that's right. showing they feel safe. They feel like. Yes. Yeah. You know Good I mean? point. Good point. But along those lines, to make the environment that safe, we have to tamper a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I ta- they might not even realize it. But none of those kids go 100%. None of them, I don't think, have ever gone 100%. Because to get them to 100%, it's it's like an, an effort. Like, you really got to rile them up. But once a year, all you got to do is, is be there once. Yeah. 
you just have to experience it once mm-hmm. and then like you know that it's in your back pocket like if the fit hits the shan like you know you can pull that out so once a year or sometimes twice when we do this in-house tournament you see what these kids are capable mm-hmm. of and what i like so much i love that the kids get into it i love that they're cheering for each other i love that they go balls to the wall mm-hmm. and like really empty out that gas tank for the maybe the first time in their whole lives one of the things I like the most is looking at the parents and going, and they go, holy shit, I didn't know my kid could do that. It's my, it's seriously one of my favorite parts. Yeah. I mean, the downside is, I think every single tournament we've run, we've lost one student from it. Uh, like, like yeah. they got like a little upset maybe afterwards yeah. or... Yeah, and like, you know, the parents get a bad taste. Because at the end of the day, somebody has to win. Yeah. It's yeah. not Randori. It's not participation right. trophies, right? It's somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to be the best. Somebody has to be the worst. Now, we we go to great efforts to make sure nobody feels like they were the worst. Everybody's going to get a couple matches. We make sure, like I did, me and Tony did all the bracketing yesterday. It took us like an hour and a half. We make sure everybody gets as fair of a matchup as possible, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, like somebody's going to have a bad experience, or at least a challenging experience. Like our job is to frame it in such a way that like, look, man, and we've been doing this for weeks leading up. Like what what makes somebody, like let me, I'm gonna make, treat you like a kid. You oh ready? Boy. I know you love this. Mm-hmm. What makes somebody a winner? You what? want me to respond like yeah, a yeah. kid no, would? No, 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 talk to me like a person. What makes somebody a winner? Oh, you're gonna make me like go deep? Like You don't have to go deep. Just what do you think is a winner? Someone who wins the game. Okay, all right, good enough. <laughs> What's a loser? Person who's lost. Person who loses. All right, now here's here's my take because yep. I've been in in this field for a very very long time. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of winners who I think are losers. I agree. Yeah. I've seen a lot of so people saying, lose. How deep you want me to go here? I th- I've seen a lot of people lose who I think were winners. Who had like the heart right? and everything, but they just came up short. How many yeah, matches have we seen where we go? We don't even go to the winner first. We go to loser and we go. You keep your chin up. That was incredible look Mm -hmm. at you go i'm so proud of you and then you know look at professional jujitsu right now how many of the quote-unquote winners are like fucking obnoxious you know and like bad character Mm -hmm. and would you call that person a winner yeah of course they win but in the broad sense would you call that person a winner is that somebody you want to do you want to be that person i don't think you do yeah but I've seen a lot of people lose and they did it with dignity and they, more importantly, they put their fucking heart out there and like they, they blew past their former limit limitations. That person is somebody that I would emulate and I'm really impressed by that per- person. 100%. We've been, we've been talking to the kids about this. Nonetheless, out of 110 kids, there is a chance that one kid and one set of parents is going to be like, I can't believe like blah, 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 X, Y, Z taking my kid out. And I was talking to Matakis. He's like, then maybe you shouldn't, like, is it still worth it? And I go, 100%. Because the 109 kids are going to gain so much from this, Mm -hmm. from this challenging trial and, you know, obstacle. They're going to be in the fire. And what they're going to, you forge fucking swords in fire. You know what I mean? Yep. We could coddle everybody and keep that 110th student. No thanks. But what is that, like, it's hard to like say this to a kid, but it's like you either you lose or you learn. You win or you learn. You win. Well, right, but I'm. But you know what I'm saying. I'm interchange, using oh, those yeah. interchangeably. But um, you win or you learn. But saying like you don't lose, you just learned how to do things better. But like you said, I mean, to say that to a kid, they don't really fully understand yeah, but, that yet. They're kids, like, oh, am I getting this shiny thing look, around my neck? Yeah, I get that. But they're all getting a shirt mm-hmm. that says they did the tournament. And that alone is yeah. winning to me. Like, do you know how hard? Yeah, Could you imagine did if we this. did an adult in-house? First of all, it would I never because everybody would be paralyzed. <laughs> it would know? just be. But like, I'm just saying, like the fact that, that these kids are like can get on the mat and and compete. It's to me like you won right there. It's, it's awesome. beautiful. All right, we're talking about competition. We gotta get Avery in a little bit. You want to talk about my fights? I did. What exactly did you want to talk about? You know what I like to talk about is. You know, we the last podcast, the last episode, we were kind of saying like how it all started, right? And you always knew you wanted to open a school, yeah. But like timeline wise, I think it was a little bit sooner than maybe you anticipated, yeah. 
And I think what did it was that one match where you tore your shoulder off, mm -hmm. your purple belt. Yes. And then it was at that point where you were like, okay, yeah, now I'm going to open up a school. Like, now I'm going to get serious. Almost like you're kind of like hanging up. Yeah. What's the term? <laughs> I want to say cleats right now. Sure. I, I hung up my cleats. <laughs> the cleats. <laughs> to be like, I'm, I'm no longer That's probably why I lost that match because I was wearing cleats. <laughs> Come on. You know, I'm, I'm bad at those kinds of things. Anyway. Um, but you know, I, oh, one of my favorite things is like, you know, as a mom, I always use me as a reference, right? But as a mom coming in, you want to hear about like the coaches and their background and how legit are you? And I always, what do you say? Like serve you on a platter because I want them to know like your background. Like, I think it's cool as shit. Like for those of you who don't know, Pete got to train under the, the person who choreographed like the Ninja Turtles movie. Eric Chen. Dude, that's so cool. And Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like, he was an advisor on Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, like was that your eight and like went yeah. to California by yourself? I can't even imagine sending the girls <laughs> doing that. Um, but that, and then <clears throat> just even the like, how well-rounded you are in, in martial, art, martial arts, right? And, and the fights. So I like talking about the fights because you had three professional fights. Amateur. Amateur fights. What was the... Um, new breed? New breed. New breed. Remember I saved every single ticket? Yeah. The, the yeah, VIP you just found, passes. You just found like the collage you made. Yeah. But that was cool to see, like the progression of your fights. Like yeah. I remember the first one, you gassed out. Yeah, it was bad. Quick. I was like, Dad, if he loses, just pretend I was in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I missed it, and I just didn't know what was going on. Because, again, that was, like, when we were first dating. And I was like, yeah. oh, what if he sucks? Like, I didn't know yeah, what I was Yeah, I probably guessed out because you were, you were fucking cage side, screaming <laughs> like a banshee. I didn't know what to do. I was nervous. Sure. So, so that one, you won on points. Yeah. Yeah. Then... This was one of my favorite things. So you're coming out. This is your second fight. Was it like a year later? Disco stew. Disco. It was like six months. Six months later. Okay. This guy comes out with like sweatpants up to like his belly button, glasses on. You know, they introduce you guys first, then you go in the back, and then fighters walk out one by one. Yeah. So Pete's, Pete comes out, they, you know, introduce Pete. He's in his gi, and everyone's you know, going nuts. Then I'm standing next to Dante, and Disco stew comes out. And we're like... He walked out to Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, and he had like these glasses on, like these rolled up sweatpants. And Dante looked at me. He's like, he's gonna steamroll him. I was like, oh, whew, thank that goodness. was like six foot three. Wait. So then they walk out in the cage. Disco Stu now is like just in shorts. And I remember Dante looking at me. He's like, oh shit. He's like, no, no, we got this. He's a big Jack Daniel. He was huge. Uh, <laughs> he literally threw you against the cage. Do you yeah. remember that very first like? Tall. I don't even know what it was. Yeah, I remember. I We're like dicking around on the feet. He kicked me in the ribs. I was like, oh, shit, the guy can kick. So I shot, and it was like shooting into a brick wall. And then and he, he, and he literally lifted, lifted you me. up and threw you against the cage. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Again, yeah. I might be in the bathroom if anything happens. But so then, remember, I was like last night, I'm like, wait, how did you beat this guy, Stu, again? Yeah, it was Kimura. a Kimura. Yeah. With like a second left in the yeah, first round. Yeah, so he... um. He throws me into the cage. I stand up. Like, oh, he's, shit. He's <laughs> grunting at me. He, he, was, he was a fucking weirdo. I spun him onto the cage. I tried, like, kneeing him, and he just, just manhandled me. Yeah. And then I ended up, like, he took me down. No. Did he take me down? I can't remember. You guys were just, oh, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I, like, ducked a punch, and he got me in, like, a cradle. And, like, just we sunk to the ground. And I, I finally break his, his grip. Which was like impossible. Frankie Eggers in the corner, like, kick your leg back. Kick. I'm in a cradle, <laughs> dude. I I'm kicking Frankie. <laughs> I can't break his fucking grip. He's gigantic. And finally, like, I, I get my leg out and I go to Butterfly Guard. I lock in a Kimura, which when I was a purple belt, that's all. I I was the Kimura man, and I reversed him with it. Like I I was playing like half Butterfly, got his arm out, rolled him over into the cage. But there's they did the the clicker like the. Yes. I knew I had like seven seconds, so I'm cranking on this. I'm standing over him in like a sprinter stance with his arm. Like, I don't know how his arm didn't pop. And he's he's scream tapping, but the crowd was so loud. I know, and, you and I'm, I look at the ref. I'm like, he's tapping, he's tapping, he's tapping. And the ref like leans over and sees him tapping and stops it with one second left. Oh, my gosh. So I stood up and nobody's cheering. 
And I'm like, you know, I wasn't jumping up with my hands up, but I'm going like, because we thought it was the end of the. Everybody thought it was the end of the round. Yeah, Ricardo takes the the chair out. I'm like, nah, dude. Like, I threw my mouthpiece to Dante. He's like, what the fuck, you want me to do this? <laughs> and it was over. That was a good one. Just go still. I, I'm like getting butterflies now thinking about it. Then the third one. Get that was what? Were you still a purple belt? Were these all purple yes. belt fights? No, yeah. I was a blue belt. My first one, then a purple belt for the other two. For the other two. Then Gil the Thrill, so he was like the Golden Gloves boxer, right? He was a Golden Gloves boxer, but he was like a Sambo guy too, so he did like a lot of Sambo stuff. But did he do jujitsu as well? Or? You know, so you could say Sambo was like jujitsu. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and then I remember that fight. Sambo was like Russian MMA. Okay. do like a lot of throws, a lot of like striking and, and like leg locks and arm bars. Okay. So everyone's like, oh, he's going, you know, I'm standing with some of Pete's friends and they're like, oh, he just taught, do He was, he was, remember Tony? Tony yeah, yeah, he, to, he was her Yeah, he boxer, was her right? boxing coach. coach. Yeah. She was doing like cardio kickboxing. With him. He <laughs> so was like I feel like secretly shit. she might have been like. She was definitely rooting for him. For him. <laughs> it didn't seem like a secret at all. We, these are like my best friends. I mean, this is one of my good friend's wife and we're up in Hoboken hanging out. I'm like. She's clearly rooting for this other fucking guy. <laughs> she was. So I remember, I'm like, I think it was Melville was like, oh, well, you just shoot it, like, you know, t- he'll just do jujitsu. Yeah. And I was like, mm-mm, I know Pete, and he's going to be like, oh, you're a Golden Gloves boxer? Like, yeah. he's, I was like, he's going to stand with him, and I'm going to yell at him after if he gets his face, like, punched in. And I remember, you stood, it went to the third round, right? No, yeah, third? I, I choked him in the third. In the third. So rear naked choke the first one, but you stood and like tried to box him. I was like. I did. So so we came in. This guy before the match, like we're in the back room and they split you up by like blue corner, red corner. So there's like nine, f- 10, 12 fighters on one side of the room, then like another 12 on the other. And he's like, he walks across. So we had eight eight people fight that night. Like our team oh, yeah, fucking yeah. demolished that everybody. Was a big night. Yeah. And, uh, Every time somebody fought, the whole team would go out and walk him out. But I was up in like two fights, so I was by myself. He walks up to like within 20 feet of me. And there's like in the middle of this big banquet hall. And he's like doing like a salsa. Oh. And he puts his leg out and starts shaking his leg in front of me, like saying, like, come get this leg or something. No. Yeah. Wait, get, how did I not know this? I don't know. What the Maybe fuck am I going to talk it. about that for? <laughs> how odd. I was just like, this is really strange. I wasn't like fuck you. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, <laughs> are you man? Doing? Like you got maybe the wrong that's guy. Why you stood up with him then. <laughs> no, I, like, I, I was you. boxing a lot. I was boxing a lot. Yeah, you I were. was ready to fucking box this guy. So, but I was nervous, man. This was a big one because, like, uh, what was the guy's name that ran it? Scott. Oh, I. F- Shit, what was his name? Oh, I forget. Can't believe I'm forgetting his name. So the the idea was like if I beat him I go for the title fight. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I was supposed to win that fight. Like that's what I was getting from him. Like this was like I think they were grooming this other guy. Oh. You know, Gil is a big, strong, scary yeah, looking yeah, guy, like yeah. real good fighter. He like demolished somebody before he fought me. I'm you know, and I walk up to the top of the stairs, my song's playing, and I'm you know, I'm fucking nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, your 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 mind is like playing tricks on you, you like doubt creeps in. And right at the top of the stairs, Melville was there. Melville was like one of my best friends. And it's just funny because he's looking at me. He's like, look at this fucking guy. <laughs> Talking to me. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look at this animal. This guy's a fucking animal. Look at him. And I'm just like, I am a fucking animal. Jesus. How did I forget that? And dude, it really gassed me up. And I walk out. And then, you know, Gil comes out next to like salsa or something. And then we throw it out. But he threw like two fucking punches. Like, yeah, it was like, I was not. Like, I, you can watch the video. So like I, I stand with him most of the fight. Uh, you know, I get some takedowns trying to like get a rear naked choke and like standing rear naked. Or yeah, standing rear naked choke. I'm kicking him. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing punches, mm-hmm. sp- spinning back fist. He threw like three punches the whole fight. Yeah. And then, you know, I take him out at the end. We're both gassed, but I take his back. I choke him out. He taps twice. Yeah. I choke him out and I get up. And he's apparently, I didn't even re- realize this till after the fight. When you win and it's over, you don't give a shit. Yeah, you're like, get he's, out of here. he's like causing this big stink. And, and, and like Dante, Tom DeBlas, and Ricardo stormed the cage. Yes. Because I, I guess that. the guy was talking so much shit. It's like, you just lost, dude. Well, not only that, like, you didn't just lose, you tapped out. Yeah. Like, when you tap out, what you're saying is, please don't kill me. When you tap my arm, you're saying, all right. I'm asking you to not murder me. Yeah. Can you please just let me live? Yeah. And I said, yes. I said, yes. Yeah, I it's will. not like it was like points and he no. was challenging no. it. Yeah. 
So you can't, and then he, I guess what you're saying is like, he kept saying like, stand up with me, faggot, stand up with me. Uh, dude, I just but stood you with did. you for that most of point. that fight and yeah. you didn't do shit. You yeah. couldn't do shit. Yeah. He landed like one one punch and it really, it was not much. It was not much. And then then you were all fired up after that. You were like, oh, I'll do yeah. some more fights. But right after that, you did the well, grappling. Well, I was, I was supposed to fight the guy who, who beat Jonathan Webb for the for the title. And I was like, to stay in shape in competition, did I did the match. New York Open or yes. the Pans? Oh, one of them. The New York Open. It was in New York. Yeah. Because I remember <laughs> that drive home. Yeah, that was fun. That's what I get for competing in the gi. But anyway, I was in top, top shape. Turns out it was Mateus, Denise, who went on to be fucking world famous. But I That's got I have that video did the too. Grappling with? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that match was like dead even. I remember before that, Tom the Blast was cornering me, and he's like, he's like looking at the guy scared, like he's looking, he's scared. I look at him, he did kind of look scared, but it doesn't matter. In jujitsu, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah, it matter. Doesn't, right. In MMA, it matters a little bit. In jujitsu, it doesn't matter. He did look kind of intimidated, but it didn't fucking matter. And uh, you know, he sit he. I'm trying to, you know, go for a takedown. He sits guard, playing almost like a butterfly, like modified butterfly with, like, feet and hips, knees inside the arms, mm -hmm. and keep climbing triangles, triangles. But, like, he was kind of, like, like I was super strong at that time, so I would just clear the triangles. And after, like, two or three, I stood up over him, and he perfect, like, lifted me up for the Tomonagi. And then I was like, I'll cartwheel out. Like, I, do, I see in the videos. Mm -hmm. And I go to fucking turn my body... But at the last second, he yanks on my one sleeve, and my arms completely extended out, and I land on the tip of my shoulder, and it just exploded. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. It exploded, but no one really knew. I was like, something's not right, because what Pete decided to do is tuck his arm in his gi, in your belt. I just, no, I put it on my belly. So I grabbed my arm, and I put it on my gi, and I just grabbed my gi. Yeah, and you finish out that like now nah, he ended up choking me. So I, but I oh, swept that is him. Right. All right, so so I land, I spin, I recover guard with one arm, and I tuck my hand on my belly, and he's he's standing over me trying to pass. I sweep him with a tripod reversal because mm. you could do it with one hand, mm -hmm. and then I get on top. And I I think I got in his half guard, and I drop my shoulder into him, and Tom the Blast is like shoulder pressure, and it's the fucking shoulder that's like yeah. destroyed. I'm driving my shoulder into his chin. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you know, and like you, you, all your energy gets zapped. I was like getting nauseous. And then, uh, I don't know, he, re, he like snuck out. Like maybe he came up on a dog fight. He ended up on my back. And I'm like spinning. I'm trying to turn. Yeah. And like, you know, you just, there's nothing left. And then he got a, a collar choke. Yeah, we'll have to talk about uh, <laughs> afterwards what happened. <laughs> They're like trying to put his arm back in. Then they realize that they can't put it back in. It is not a popped out shoulder. Yeah, but it took four hours for somebody to tell me. I'm like, who's putting this back in? And they're like, oh, that's not. <laughs> that's not you're going to need to go to an orthopedic yeah. surgeon. Yeah. I'm like, then why am I here? What the fuck am I here for? For you to bill me? I know, but real quick, because I knew we have to wrap up. But that was like pivotal like for you, because I remember the surgeon after she did the surgery and she was like, yeah, you could pretty much kiss jujitsu goodbye. And I never will forget. I looked at you like, why would you say that to him? I'm like, she doesn't realize this is not like, like this no. is his life. Oh, I didn't take that. I know, Seriously. but I looked for a second. I was like, oh, shit. And then then I think it was at that point you got, like, real serious, like, about the school. I yeah. think you were like, all well, right, I'm Well, I mean, I was always serious about the school. The problem with, with him, I wanted to get some fights. Yeah. My goal was, like, all right, I'll do a pro fight, and then I'll I'll really concentrate on, on opening the school. Mm -hmm. So the idea was I, I, I have that uh, amateur title fight, win that, and then I go pro and then live my life. But, dude. The recovery from my shoulder is like nine months. Yeah. Just to get time. back to like mm -hmm. baseline. Forget about like takedowns and sparring and stuff. And then it, you just realize like, man, MMA is a black hole. It's a black hole. When you're when you're training and you're getting ready for a fight, there's nothing else in your life. There's yeah. nothing. There's no room for anything else. Oh, yeah. It was awful. Like going out to eat. You got Dude, like I met rice. I met your fucking family. <laughs> My MMA, my first MMA fight was five days after your sister's wedding. So yeah. I didn't, I'm meeting your family for the first time, mm -hmm. you know, dead sober at a wedding. I'm the maid of honor. Yeah, you're the maid of honor, <laughs> wasted, dancing like an idiot with no shoes on all night. Everybody was having a great, it looked like a great time. I was miserable. I Cutting hated, I hated all of you. You know, it was just, it's a tough way to live. Man. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I had some hard fights. I'm glad it went my way. Like, I'm glad I did all of it. Yeah. Not glad I got hurt, but in hindsight... 
everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Like we would not be here right now. I agree. I agree. Dude, and the truth is, like, my third fight, like, I did pretty good, and things were starting to come together for mm -hmm. me. I probably could have, like, kept going. At what cost? A little bit of brain I'm damage. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm kind of glad it went the that way that was really, that it did. like, so after, after a year off, I, I started to want to come back to MMA training, and Ricardo was like, he pulls me in the office, and he's like, why are you here? I was like, ah, you know, I just, like, I'm going to spar. Yeah. He's like, are you going to fight? I was like, I don't know. He's like, look, man, don't be here. Like, this is not... Like, this is not good for you. Yeah. This is not good for your brain. Like, you, there's no reason for you to get punched right. if you don't need to. That was really eye-opening for me, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm going to go get Avery, girl. Yeah. I was like, sorry, we got to cut this one short, but. It's all good. It was good talking to you. You, too. And um, maybe we could get back on together soon. Calm down. All right, tomorrow's the in-house. There are no classes. You still have, like, I don't know, 20 hours or so. To donate, because if we get to 15000 I get to keep my hair. Is that the deal? I mean, yeah. I think it's We kind of just invented that. Yeah. Nobody really. <laughs> yeah. There was no stipulation saying that. I'm probably going to shave my head either yeah, way. Yeah, I was like, we can, but you're still going to shave your head. I'll take a vote tomorrow. I'll be like, who here wants me to shave my head? <laughs> That's a good one. Because I'm sure the kids will be compassionate. Yes. Right? I'm sure that all the eight and nine-year-olds will understand my relationship with Scarlett. For sure. No, they're going to fucking butcher me. <laughs> You're shaving your head. Yeah, it's all good. All right, guys, take care. Thank you.